Hey, welcome to the Fort Dodge Leadership Podcast. We're glad you're here today and joining us again for another episode. Uh, we have Kyle, Brittany, and Gina with myself, and uh, we're going to be talking about a tough one today. Uh, so we'll get to that in a second, but just want to thank you again for investing in your leadership. Uh, you know, the reason that we do this is it's kind of an on-the-go, convenient way for you as a leader uh, to get some development that's specific to ministry uh, that, uh, you know, we could try to gather everyone in one room all the time, and, and we know schedules are busy. So this is kind of like a virtual meeting, uh, bringing minds together to just get better at, at following Jesus and leading others. And, um, you know, there's just certain topics that apply across a variety of ministry areas, and we try to hit those because we know that leaders in all different ministry areas can grow from them. Hmm. And uh, so we're going to tackle this really challenging one where we've been mm -hmm. sitting here preparing <laughs> and feeling like, oh, man, <laughs> we're kind of dreading <laughs> this conversation. Um, but uh, it's so important that yeah. we just felt mm -hmm. like we, we really had to hit it. And so uh, the theme is gender boundaries, gender boundaries. And uh, we've all kind of like seen the tragedies um, on, on the news, on the airwaves. Uh, we've maybe even uh, seen them close to home in congregations we've been a part of or, hmm. or whatever, but we've seen where uh, gender boundaries haven't been in place and, uh, and some terrible things have happened. So uh, what we wanted to do today is just take a, a big look at what does it mean to have healthy boundaries in ministry. Uh, we're always going to be doing ministry with people of the opposite sex, and we want to do that well. We want to do that with respect and with wisdom. Uh, to kind of safeguard ourselves from uh, the tragedies that are just so so easy to happen. So, yeah. uh, so I'll just kind of kick it off with this question: um, What would you guys say is at stake if if gender boundaries aren't clearly in place in ministry? Hmm. Well, the biggest one that comes to my mind right off is just our testimony in mm. Christ um, and how we live out our faith journey is what's um at one of the you know great greatest stake um and and then the the ripple effect of of the hurt mm -hmm. that can take place um so it's not just the two people involved or any of that um it's all of the people that are around them within their lives yeah 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 you know i uh, i just magnify that testimony side of things i mean whether it's um in a small small uh church in a small midwestern community or you know i mean all of us have probably heard like the bill hybel situation mm -hmm. where i mean you've got this leader who's led an enormous church and a leadership um uh a, a, a separate leadership organization and so many uh men and women have been positively influenced by his leadership mm. Th there's Yes, there's magnitudes, but that testimony, that ripple, I mean, it, it, it still hits so many different people in ways that um, I've, I've heard, I've heard even people, whether again, it's, it's that man or woman in a, in a small church kind of in the middle of nowhere or a, a leader like Bill Hybels, um, they really start to second guess, not just that individual, but uh, God, how could God let something like this happen? Mm -hmm. If this is really what church is all about, um, you know, where was the leadership or, you know, so, but it, it comes back to the central focus of what, I mean, believers are fighting mm -hmm. for. And that's that 
to help other people find Jesus. Um, it's not just our walk with Christ. It's uh, that and helping other people find Jesus. And so, man, that just hurts the uh, validity of, of the gospel for, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because uh, whether, whether we like it or not, um, we're all putting, uh, e- even us who are our, our paid staff, we put other paid staff, other, other paid spiritual leaders, we put each other on pedestals at times. And, and so as soon as that, we remember that we all are flesh too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this seems to be that area that's like, it's the hardest place to fall. And when, when a leader falls in this area, it's really hard for some people to recover. Really, really hard. Yeah. Um, I think it's like the lie of like, our sin only affects us. Like, mm. this is so much more than the, than two people who are involved mm. in a decision like this. Like, it's it affects so many people, everybody that they have influence over in the church. And just thinking about um, salvation is at stake here. Like, it's not just like a little, mm-hmm. a minor thing. Like, this is, it's a big deal and it impacts so many people. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I think like when we talk about gender boundaries um, and, and what's at stake, we're thinking about way down the road when this mm-hmm. thing, like it, it starts small and grows mm-hmm. bigger and bigger and, and yep. pretty soon, you know, it's overtaken uh, two people and, and then it has this like huge ripple effect in ministry. Um, but the reality is that day to day it starts really small Absolutely. and imperceptibly. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of why we wanted to talk about it is like, how do we, um, cultivate a healthy ministry environment where yeah. people who are of opposite genders can do ministry together and communicate and, and stay, you know, in step in ministry, but yet not have that kind of, um, uh, just to have things tip in the wrong direction yeah, uh, without realizing it. And, and I just want to say right off the bat, um, I've had these kind of conversations with dozens and dozens of people uh, in our ministry and outside of our ministry. And so I, I am kind of sensitive to the fact that each and every one of us in the room in this conversation right now, um, I, I don't want anyone listening to feel like, okay, this <laughs> we're having this podcast because it's directed at you or you, because yeah. a lot of times when we do call out a particular thing, it that in itself, calling it out, can be so sensitive mm-hmm. that all of a sudden that person is like, oh man, now I, I really feel... The hyper-awareness, hyper-awareness of yeah, where people great, are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So so um, because of the sheer quantity of conversations like this that we've had to have, mm-hmm. it's like, man, this makes sense to be a podcast mm-hmm. yep. um, to, to just kind of like boost that health of, yeah. of our culture. Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, what uh, what do we strive for? What are we learning? How do we pass that down? But, you know, in, in our context, where we're, we're a church of leaders of leaders, and, you know, we, uh, we're we not going to shy away from, you know, some people, uh, I'm going to get on a little rant, but some people, you know, some people don't want to strive to be a big church because they think that it's about it's about the number, but we're okay with saying we're going to be a big church because we it, it is about the number. The number is a story, and we want those stories to come to know Jesus and help other people find Jesus. Um, and in order to do that, we're not going to be a church of just staff. Uh, mm-hmm. And even and even if we were a church with 15 more staff, those staff are still going to be empowering volunteers. And uh, uh, a because we believe that it's uh, it, it's it's a part of being a uh, the the body. But b we know even if we had a ton of staff, we still couldn't we still couldn't accomplish the mission at the level that we feel like God's calling us to. And so it's helpful. It's it's critical. It's critical uh, because the men and women that we're leading are going to find themselves if they would just back up a little bit, they're going to find themselves sometimes in seasons where it's like, 
yeah, I probably need to either set up a boundary here or I need to live out the one that I have already set up. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, because it's like, Nathan, it's like you said, um, I mean, it can quickly go from, oh, that wasn't a big deal to two days later. Yeah, that's not a big deal to three days later. And then before long, it's like, uh-oh, what's happening here? Right. Um, well, if I, if I would have stopped the first time <laughs> and fixed this then, it wouldn't it wouldn't turn into this. And I also think that like how we impact our little Iowa um, plays into this. We can apply what we're learning in ministry aspects into our, especially as I think back previously to when I was a volunteer before paid staff, mm. like what I learned here at church, I could take it and apply it in my work mm-hmm. life out yep. there. So like these boundaries aren't just for ministry settings yeah. Yeah. and um, yep. just that's being true. aware of that because that's what people are going to see as you live out your testimony yep. and your faith. They're yep. going to be keen to that too. Yep. It's countercultural to yeah. every, yeah. Here's what I don't think we're saying is that uh, you you can't you can't work together. Yeah. Um, right. You know you can't mm-hmm. work together even even if there's only two of you in a space or in a, you know. Um, I, I I think it's there's having times, the awareness. Yeah. Is so key. Yeah, and and I think I think we are saying though at the same time like there's times that you can still avoid that. You know, like be willing to have those those crucial you know conversations in your head like how could this be different. But uh, again, like Nathan, as you're addressing just the the room, which I think we should take the NBA up. We should just line the walls with people's pictures, and we'd feel like they're all with us. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, when COVID, and they couldn't <laughs> play with a gym full of people. But, um, uh, but but uh, the the uh, just as people are thinking through, and just uh, how how does this play out for me? Um, there are going to be there. There are. There, I, I think there will be a little bit of pushback. Like that just that just seems crazy. I don't. I don't have an issue there. I, I think that needs to be a convicting moment. Uh, I also think there's probably going to be a little bit of. Um, uh, so so now what? And I hope you know. I, I hope we can kind of sit in that through the rest of this podcast because uh, I, I I think along the way we'll continue to unpack it. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there's a book, Sustaining Ministry, by Sandra Wheeler, and I read it at uh, Indiana Wesleyan. It was really impactful to me. I highly recommend it. Um, but they have a whole chapter devoted to this idea of understanding how ministers get into trouble. And when we say ministers, we're not just saying, like, the professional paid clergy. We're talking about, like, every member is, is a minister. All of us are doing ministry with the people that God has placed in our care and, and our influence. And uh, so here's what they said. Uh, They said the the most disturbing news of all, this is quoting, uh, may be that sexual misconduct is more common among clergy than among other professionals, a conclusion based on self-reporting by ministers as well as on the accounts of those who tally reported violations by all categories of professionals. And so it's like, oh, man, why why is that? Why why are we so vulnerable uh, in ministry? Um, I mean, we could say... Uh, there's maybe the obvious or simple answer of like, man, there's a spiritual war mm-hmm. uh, that we're engaging in, and that is absolutely true and absolutely yeah. valid. But I think there's some other maybe less well-known reasons of why that's also a factor. Um, you know, it, it, the the book goes on later to say, uh, it seems unlikely that those who are primarily motivated uh, by power-seeking are disproportionately drawn to ministry as a profession. In other words, like if you if you're in the you know if you're a high powered you know you want to kind of like charge ahead. It's it's not that you're like first go to is like man I'm going to be a pastor. 
<laughs> okay, so so what is it then? Um, they start talking about how when anyone is on a journey with Christ, that they are discovering things about themselves. They're having transformational experiences. They're developing intimacy with Christ. Um, they're becoming part of a connected family. Um, all these things, these like positive, warm, you know, things are happening in their life, and then the person who's ministering to them uh, begins to get some of that transference onto them. It's like, okay, I feel all those feelings of finally being accepted and known and loved in this place with this person. Mm -hmm. And so then it's so easy for the, the boundaries to be blurred and the same kind of love and affection they're now feeling to and from God, they start to feel to and from that person mm -hmm. that's ministering mm -hmm. to them. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think just being aware of that is is really key. Another thing that the birth book called out, and this is an exact is an exact quote, but they're talking about how certain professions there's like a lot of really clear boundaries in place. Like if you go to a doctor's office, um, you sit in a waiting room. That's a boundary. Um, you get you get brought back, and then you meet with a person who has a certain uniform on, a certain kind of clothes, and that's another boundary. It sends this clear message. I am not your best friend. I am not mm -hmm. your spouse. I'm I'm a professional, and here's my badge. And so there's all these like clues subconsciously that say like, all right, this person is separate from me, and there's there's a boundary here. But in ministry, I mean, we're all doing ministry with one another in normal plain clothes in our homes, uh, talking about our personal lives and families. Uh, you know, there's there's no barrier, mm -hmm. and and so that is really uh, dangerous. And so we just have to be aware of some of those dynamics at play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, anything you guys would add to those thoughts? Well, yeah. I, I, um, I mean, we talk about just to go back to just that relationship with Christ. I mean, we we use the word intimate a lot. You know, like um, I mean, it's I mean, it's it's uh, it's 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 one of the ways that God calls us to be with Him. Um, it's it's one of the ways that He loves us, and and expects us to love Him back. And so. Um, yeah, just thinking like that that's a really, really healthy thing. Um, but it can turn into like you're describing, it can turn into something unhealthy as it as it moves out of that form into a relationship with another human being who we're not we're not yoked with, um, you know, through marriage. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I think uh it's just and I think all of us, I'll, I'll speak for myself, I think thinking about that, even even now in the moment, just going, okay, so I mean, that, none of that's uh, foreign to me. Um, it's it's so easy uh, to be arrogant enough to believe I'm exempt from those things. Mm. Like I recognize that, you know, like yeah. I can just, it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just That's just too easy to find ourselves in that frame of mind, like, I've got my intimate relationship with my uh, my God. I've got my intimate relationship with my spouse. So no one else is going to wreck that. Mm -hmm. No one else. Like that. That's just that's just arrogance mm -hmm. uh, to think that we're exempt, you know, um, from needing boundaries, from needing to recognize that I have flesh too. That is even if in the seasons when both of those intimate relationships are at their healthiest, that I that I can keep myself removed from unhealthy mm -hmm. relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think even too sometimes the word boundary can be um, get a bad rap or yeah. you know triggered in other areas where the article that we had spoke about um, by Nancy Lee DeMoss um, 
was talking about thinking of it as hedges or guardrails and yep. keeping us on the right track for in the right path for what God um, has for for us and for our spouse and for our family and our ministries within that. So thinking too of like, you know, there's scripture talking about a hedge of protection and, and thinking sometimes if, if, if boundary is a word that you kind of fall into a trap of previous unhealthy experience, like think of hedges or guardrails, like they're there, they're put in place for our benefit, right? Mm -hmm. For our benefit, for the ministry's benefit. Um, and for, again, our testimonies benefit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast by Jody Moore, who I don't really know much, but um, about boundaries. And she was talking about how a lot of times we think of boundaries as something to set once somebody has crossed them, like to us, like, oh, I need to set a boundary with that person because I feel that they've crossed that line with me. And like the wisdom of that's not the time to set boundaries. Like, yeah, sometimes you do need, you need some of that moment, mm -hmm. but how can we be proactive and set those like personal decisions and commitments ahead of time before yeah. a situation before we're in a situation and how um she talked about how like 80 percent or 180 to 100 percent of our boundaries is personal like it's a personal decision we make of mm. what we're going to allow mm -hmm. to happen and um talking about that you know in this situation with with your spouse if you if you have one of like okay what is our in our relationship what are our boundaries what are our personal commitments going to be and just having wisdom and and doing that ahead of time, not right. like when a crisis is happening. And it yeah. goes back to what Kyla was saying about um, the arrogance or pride mm -hmm. that this can't, this yeah. won't affect us. We won't fall into that trap. Mm -hmm. yep. And then having the humility and self-awareness to recognize it, have the conversations yeah. Yeah. Um, with our spouse and then those around us. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's really good. So let's get into some specifics of what those boundaries might be. Um, like you were referring to uh, that article, Gina, um, we might be able to include it in the podcast description here, but it was on preachitteachit.org, and it was uh, the title of the article is What Are My Boundaries in Relating to the Opposite Sex? Um, but there's just a host of really practical ideas. Um, I would say that, that uh, if, if we were to say, hey, starting today at Prairie Lakes Fort Judge, this is the full list of 30 things that everyone <laughs> has to do at all times might be a little bit legalistic, but yep. um, just some good ideas. So I'm just going to start reading some and interrupt me if you want to add something to any of these. Okay, so yeah. um, uh, un under her heading, reduce opportunities for temptation or accusation, uh, she says, if it's necessary to meet alone, keep the door ajar or meet in a room with a window. Um, have a third party together. If you're required to travel together, don't ride alone in a vehicle. Um, and, and that seems like uh, well, you know, why, why is that a big deal? Well, th there's a certain amount of just like intimacy there. Like no one else is around. We're mm -hmm. going somewhere together, uh, that, that, that kind of brings up inside of us, even on a subconscious level. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're going to stay in a hotel, stay on different floors, unless the person's accompanied by their spouse, um, no meals together without a third party. Um, don't flirt. Uh, you know, sometimes it's good to have like a sense of humor and, and not take yourself too seriously, but that can just, it can cross that line if we're not careful into like flirtatious uh, sort of behavior. Uh, dress modestly. Keep your hands to yourself. Uh, don't uh, invite, receive, or initiate forms of physical contact like embracing which, Obviously, kissing and beyond that. Yeah, so I mean, two just like two simple things, and some of that as, you, as you're sharing it that you know, I've done over over time is like, um, and and you know, some sometimes I I get caught and I 
uh, allow that boundary to be violated. But like in the physical touch, um, side hugs sure. are, I mean, there's, a, there's, there's something, I mean, you don't, you don't side hug grandma. Um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, like if somebody, you know, somebody comes up, um, and I, I mean, I, I even try to do that with, uh, same gender so that it's not this weird thing where like, why did he hug that person that way and then hug me, mm. you know, try to really fight for that consistency. Um, yeah. but then at the same time, uh, that, uh, you know, it's, it's simple sometimes to have a room with a window or to have the door open. Um, but in the times when it's, Hey, I need to meet with this person and, uh, it wouldn't matter if the door was open or the window, we're near a window cause no one else is in the building. Let's meet in a public place. Uh, we're not riding there together. We're going to both show up. Um, let's meet in a public place. And yeah, I mean, there's still the potential that somebody's going to say, oh, he had lunch with, or he was grabbing coffee with or whatever. But it's like, yeah, but ask the other people <laughs> that were around there, mm-hmm. how did that go? Or, you know, did they get in separate cars? Like, it's, I don't want to sound like a king defensive, but there is a defense there. Like you, you do have, you have accountability. Um, ask my wife, she knows where I was, you know, those types of things. Yeah. And like even having these guidelines, but not necessarily like if, if they need to be broken in a, in a way because of work, like my, with my husband, sometimes he has to be alone in a vehicle with a girl. Hmm. But if, but we, even though we have that boundary, it's because it's then broken, he communicates that with me. So it's like, it's not mm-hmm. like, oh, we're going to have this legalistic list that we all, you know, never, ever, ever going to do. But at the same time, like, this is a good boundary, like a good guideline. Mm-hmm. And then if it's broken, like communicate that with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Don't, mm-hmm. don't just be like, Oh, I'm going to hide this or, mm-hmm. cause I feel like that's when Satan could have a little, yep. you know, step in there. So. Yep. And the brokenness, the reason for the broken yeah. part of yes. it, like, you know, yeah. it was sanctioned by work or yeah. whatever yep. that that was. They're not going to allow us to take two vehicles mm-hmm. because it's paid for by work or whatever right. the situation right. is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think, too, of just like being aware and as you grow in your faith journey and become more aware of this, too, but being self-aware of how you interact with others. And it's really I've had struggle with I just like want people to know how much I care. So then I touch their arm while I'm talking to them or something like that. And like just like realizing that taking a step back that that my intentions are pure, but it may be taken Mm -hmm. or received differently Mm -hmm. Um, and just continuing to be aware and conscious of. Yep. of how yep. you interact with people, how I, it could be perceived. I, right. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I would also add, you know, your, your boundaries very well might not be the other people, you know, anybody else's boundaries. Right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know yourself well enough to know um, what, what do I need to do to, to protect myself? And, and some of those like not to I, I just, I'm saying this for our listeners, but there might be people uh, they would say, I'm not breaking that writing boundary. Yep. I, I just, I just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, man, that's, that's a, that's a big thing then. So like, what's that, what's that mean? Mm-hmm. Does that mean a career change? Does that mean, I don't know, but like, uh, they, they might just know that I just absolutely can't like, it's going to create too much tension in my marriage or I've got a past or, you know, like yeah, life there's things yep. there. Right. And so again, I think, this this is uh help me kind of break this out but i want to it's it's relative to some extent you know i mean it it, it, there's not a cookie cutter here um but i mean there's there's some clear uh some clear cut and paste that can happen but uh you know it needs to be more to your story but personal like what is god like really seeking god in that and like what is he wanting asking of you to protect your your relationship or your purity Yeah. yeah but like if nathan and i's boundaries didn't line up and I know we're same gender, 
Um, but if Nathan and I's gender or stories genders didn't line up, if our stories didn't line up, um, like our, our boundaries didn't line up, mm-hmm. I don't feel like uh, that Nathan should have to conform his to work with mine yeah. on this. If if he's saying, hey, I let's just really make this fictitious, but hey, I don't ride in the car alone with anybody. And I'm going, well, man, I mean, we're two guys. Like I, there should be no problem with this. I don't have that boundary. It's just with women. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't try to, I shouldn't make so him respect. feel less than or him. weird or worse um, or like help me. Like I might ask the question, but he doesn't even have to, I don't feel like he really even has to defend it. Like tell me why you won't do that. I should be able to respect that. This isn't one of those weird things where I need to get him to conform or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. And And even just the fact that like, uh, there, just to be aware that there are certain categories of things that we can find ourselves in, whether it's, uh, you know, the first category we were just talking about is like location and proximity. Mm-hmm. All right. So that, that's a thing. We just need to be aware that like the more, um, aware of that or cautious with that we can be, the better off we're going to be. Like we can't avoid every possible situation or, right. Uh, if, if we start to make our goal to be adhering to the rules, we're missing the spirit of the rules. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can get, that's where the legalism mm-hmm. kicks in, right? Another big category is this uh, conversation. What are the words we use and how, how do those words have power in maybe ways that we realize or don't realize? Mm. Um, so some of the things here uh, would be like uh, speaking critically of, um, of the person's spouse. So... Uh, the moment that someone is a listening ear or is receiving confidential information about personal or emotional things, all of a sudden there's a bond there, right? Uh, they're showing compassion. A lot of times it's, it's the first person who's shown them compassion in a mm-hmm. long time. And so there's like a compassion thirst. And so that person now is feeling this like sense of relief and like, oh man, finally someone who understands or listens or hears me out. Um, and so anytime that, that you find yourself being that, which, which is so hard. Cause like it's, it's, we want to be this yeah, for, we, yeah. like we, that is a way that we bless one another in Christ is to be listening. So it's so good. Ideally, if that happens, you know, within, uh, you know, man to man, woman to woman, something like that, but it's not always going to be that cut and dried, but we just need to be really guarded about receiving any sort of confidential things things that we wouldn't, uh, uh, things that uh, if, for example, if I'm hearing something and if my wife were sitting next to me, would that be an uncomfortable moment? Mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of, for me, that's the litmus test. Yeah. Um, that it, anything that's spoken or shared with me, it should be, uh, you know, Amber should be totally comfortable with the fact that now I am, I know that I received mm-hmm. that information. Um, uh, an, another couple of things that just, words wise can be really risk factors um expressing admiration for someone else's physical characteristics or their uh godly characteristics when you admire someone when you compliment them it just creates a bond um so it's it's a good thing to be an encourager that's a spiritual gift of encouragement Mm. but it can go too far or it can send the wrong message or confusing message Mm -hmm. if we don't use it cautiously Mm -hmm. um anything else around the words we use that you guys would highlight I think also on the other end of that too, as you receive encouragement to be, to be aware of that part too, of what it does for that other person as Mm -hmm. they're giving you that encouragement so that 
um, on both ends. Like, I think that's a lens that we should be looking through um, as we talk about this and think of not just ourselves of receiving ministry as, or, you know, just providing ministry or doing ministry, but just having the perspective of how that other person could um, receive it mm. um, as well too. But it's like specifically um, in the encouragement part um, of like how you respond to that encouragement is almost as vital as how, what the words were to you mm-hmm. in the encouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I can think I, I have a, um, a, a recent time when I, I said some, something to uh, a lady, um, and I thought my words were, were accurate. It was, uh, it was a, a really powerful time in her journey and I was encouraging her to get some, uh, uh some women involved, uh, instead of me, me being as involved that had n- at that time, it had nothing to do with boundaries. Like there was no weird boundaries being crossed. It was, I knew some of these women that had been a part of her story, but how I phrased it made her think that I didn't trust or that I had this weird boundary that was being crossed. And so I think even at times like to, uh, I, I, I learned, I relearned in that moment, like it would have been better for me to over communicate or at least make sure my why was clear. Uh, cause it made, it made some really, um, un, it made for some really unnecessary future conversations because I screwed up on that. And so I think, yeah, it, I mean, it's, that had nothing to do with at the time, anything about a boundary, but it sure felt like it to her. I'm like, oh my goodness, what did I do? Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, our words matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's such a unique perspective too, of, of, as we think of who our, um, our Prairie Lakes Church, who we um, draw in and who's like, they, many of them don't have a church background or anything. So all of this is new to them in general, could be potentially mm-hmm. new to them as far as like gender boundaries mm-hmm. and, and going that. So then what our words and how our words are, what our words are, we say are, and mm-hmm. then how they're expressed matter. Yep. They do matter. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And I think about as far as like words that can damage and relationships, just having a, a boundary or an awareness of like not speaking negative, if we're married, not speaking negatively, negatively to our spouse, or if there are issues in our marriage, being really wise on who we're going to with that yeah. doesn't mean like you can never seek out counsel, but most, most of the time the same gender is going to be what's appropriate. Mm-hmm. So just being really aware of that. Like if, if there's things frustrating at home and you come to work and talk about that, I think that could easily start crossing that line. Yeah. Um, so a lot of things we talked about so far are things not to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the next section that she talks about is things to do, kind of like power tools, uh, things that are beneficial that you could do and, and, and begin um, incorporating into your relationships when you are do, doing ministry or doing life with people the opposite gender. Um, so uh, respecting and acknowledging, kind of including uh, a spouse into your relationship with that person. In other words... Uh, for example, you could CC email communication or other messages, uh, you know, include that person's spouse on the communication, uh, particularly, you know, and when I hear that one, I think, well, maybe it wouldn't be every single thing mm-hmm. uh, like that might be <laughs> a bit overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Like I know I would be Poor annoyed Amber. if I got like every one of Amber's like, you know, emails to a male coworker. Oh my gosh. That would be like, I would be like, I can't handle it. That's, that's, that's yeah. too much information. <laughs> and um, then you're not going to read the ones that matter. Yeah. But like to, to be aware that like, all right, here's, here's a message that maybe, 
you know, sensitive. And so this would be a good one to CC a, a spouse along with. Some, um, something we've done that's helped with uh, alleviate some of that weirdness is uh, we share calendars. Now that started off mm-hmm. with just the thought like, man, we are living crazy, busy lives uh, with active kids. But uh, it is so many times turned into, um, hey, what do you what do you meet with them for? Um, mm-hmm. You know, but but even that that was that's in its weakest stages. Better than that, it's like, hey, you see that I'm meeting with X Y Z tomorrow or in the future. Here's what here's what this is about. Um, but even if either one of us miss that. Uh, we can fall back onto like we both look at our calendars on a regular basis, and mm-hmm. so mm. there's a little bit of like uh, the safety net there of just being caught like, mm. oh, that was there. So what did you talk about, or what what was that meeting about, or whatever? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and this whole idea of like um, bringing up the the spouse in the conversation, like to just so so that as often as possible you're finding ways to include mm-hmm. the reminder to everyone in the room mm-hmm. like okay you are a married person this is your spouse i respect them yeah. um, you know yeah. i value them i um kind of champion them uh, and then even um i got this one uh, in a conversation with Ari Henderson who's on staff with us and she was talking about um the idea of calling someone mr or mrs mm. so like so often we are, and I think she even borrowed that from Chris Rigg, maybe. Um, but the idea was that, like, yes, I could say, I could say, hey, Brittany. But I could also say, hey, Mrs. Grimm. And instantly, like, uh, it's a little bit formal, right? <laughs> but it it sends the message in that, you know, conversational moment. Yeah. Um, I'm acknowledging once again, like, you know, you are married to Michael. And mm-hmm. I value that. I remember that. I recall that. Yep. It's just kind of like an identity thing that I was like, wow, I don't do that at all, but that might be <laughs> kind of cool to, you know, sprinkle in inappropriate time. So I don't know. Uh, any, she's any done way that with can, me. I, I didn't even think about that, but she's, I can't, there's quite a few times that should be Mr. Dana. Yeah. You know, like, Mr. Dana, what do you have to talk to me about today? Sure. You know, in our, in our monthly one-on-one, mm-hmm. yes. which doesn't always call me Mr. Dana. Yeah. But, it, um, but it's a, it's a title that implies a relationship, correct. which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Any, anything else about like positive things that you can incorporate? I would just, uh, before it gets away from our listeners, um, you know, we talked about like keeping our spouses in the loop, you know, whether it's through calendaring or, um, you know, conversations at the end of our day or CCing in on emails. Um, we can do that and still have confidentiality. Uh, we can do that, you know, so for anybody who's listening going, man, how do I, like I'm, there's times when I'm having private conversations and it can't leave, it, you know, it can't leave that space. I'd say a couple things happen. One, uh, if you're meeting with the opposite gender, uh, you might find yourself saying, Hey, I'm going to need to talk to my spouse about that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, like, I can't just hold on to this. And that's um, okay. That, like, yeah. yeah. And, and you just, uh, some, sometimes you're just going to need to say that other times I think it's quite appropriate to say, Hey, uh, is it right if I share this with my spouse? Like it might not be, you know, you're going to have to read those lines, but, but at the same time, I think um, what I don't want anybody to hear is that they need to be breaking confidentiality where confidentiality can be held. You know, so it's not like every single thing that I'm talking about, um, you know, with the opposite gender needs to go home to my wife so that there's now there's just like I'm never going to talk to Kyle again. Why would I? He, he just tells mm-hmm. everything to Christy because that's not normal in any other workplace. A, but B, there's just some things that just absolutely aren't necessary. But I think we have to have. We need to be fighting for that awareness and maturity yeah. 
what does my spouse need to know? Because again, if I cross a boundary there Mm -hmm. where that that intimacy between Mm -hmm. me and God or that person and God all of a sudden can start to turn really weird. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not just for you and your spouse, but it's for that other person. Absolutely. Like, and that respect, that self-awareness so you can respect that other person enough and their ministry and their testimony so that it doesn't go further. And it's particularly dangerous, I think, when it's a recurring thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one time, like, somebody comes in and says, like, hey, I am wrestling with this like issue and mm-hmm. and with it, before you know it they've shared something confidential with you okay you know maybe you need to establish a boundary in that conversation or whatever but it's when that is like a pattern or or a recurrence that's mm-hmm. yeah. it's particularly yeah. dangerous mm-hmm. i want to kind of wrap up uh with this idea of like okay um these are the preventative things we've talked about but what about if you're kind of like uh either you or someone you're doing ministry with, maybe coaching or leading, uh, has crossed some boundaries. Um, it's kind of the two-part question. What? How can you communicate or reinforce a new boundary without being awkward and, and yeah. making it more uncomfortable? <laughs> or if you yourself um, are, are like, you know, I have crossed some of these boundaries. Um, you know, what what is that path forward? So either one of those questions, what would you guys say to, to either of those situations? Would slapping something out of their hand be awkward? Like if they've crossed it? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> sure. okay. I think about clarity as kindness. Yeah, you have to Like you have it. to be Absolutely. clear, like over communicate, not just kind of awkwardly say, oh, I'm not going to do this. Like say why and say like, oh, this boundary has been crossed and now I'm going to set this line here. And this is where I'm setting it and why I'm setting it here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so even I think in preparation clear. of that is you take it to the Lord, especially if it's yeah. something that you've crossed and like you seek his repentance first so that he can guide you in next steps. Um, and not to like over spiritualize something like that, but it does like, that's where we are going to be, get the best guidance and what mm-hmm. we should do and the next steps that we should do it. And then also just reference the pre- previous podcast of how, how to have hard conversations, yes. you know, sure. like, like sure. prepare yourself. Yeah. yeah. Prepare yeah. yourself. Well, yeah. like you can, take the nuggets of information from there and apply yeah. it into these sensitive yeah. areas. Yeah. And something from the feedback model, I think about is like, do it, do it sooner than later. Like yep. don't let as much time, don't let too much Specifically time pass. Specifically to this. Yep. It'll get harder. Yeah. yeah. And more awkward. And I think yeah. Even like saying that this isn't specifically about you necessarily. This is, yeah. this is just something that across the board, I try to have, uh, you know, with everybody. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that can help too. Because yeah. it yeah. doesn't isolate that individual yeah. or that individual feels isolated yep. in yeah. that. It's like, again, it's your hedge of protection, yeah. your boundary that you're sharing with them. And if it's something that's already been crossed, like even taking ownership in that, like yeah. I apologize, I've I've allowed it to cross a, you know, yep. a line that like yeah. I just want to be, yeah. So like take ownership in it too. That's good. Because uh, that's part of your healing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this might be, might be a little risky saying, but I think it, it's, it's well, I think we'll find less that boundaries get crossed if we have them, uphold them, um, it, I, I just, I have this, at least in, in my, in my life, I feel like I have to communicate those boundaries less, um, because I just fight to not, uh, to not set it up to where they even have to be discussed. It's mm-hmm. so like, use the simple one of, I'm not going to ride in the car with somebody. How many times I, I think I've been in one car with any of the women on staff here, uh, one time where it's like, I need to ride I inconvenience the crap out of Nathan yes, you to, do. to get me <laughs> to to the auto body, you know, out of or uh, the, the mechanic shop. But I understand why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But you know, yeah. but yeah. like I, 
if, if I don't cross that boundary or if I don't ha- let somebody else cross that boundary, then it, you know, uh, I, I haven't had to communicate it. Um, and so I think, you know, when we're finding them being crossed, I, w- I want to suggest uh, that it's probably because we really haven't established them um, and, and then upheld them. Now, those times when they do, I think everything that you're saying, because there, there is going to be, uh, you know, again, we're not exempt. Um, and there could be a, just a really unique, weird situation. But I think communicating it like you're talking about, who needs to know? Well, mm-hmm. A, I need to be honest with myself. I need to say that this happened. Uh, and just starting with our head, our heart going, you know, going to God. And I think, you know, if we're married uh, or if we're not, we have an accountability partner. We need to communicate with our spouse. We need to communicate it with mm-hmm. um, that accountability partner. Um, but, yeah, there's likely somewhere in there, too, then going back to that person and saying, hey, I violated something here for me that it's a boundary and I need you to know uh, I'm going to fight that that doesn't happen again with you or with anybody else. Mm-hmm. And some people go, well, why in the world does that matter? Like, well, there's a couple things. One, they, they might've felt violate. They might've felt like they violated something too and didn't know what to do. Be the leader and step in and say it. Uh, they might not think it's a big deal at all and you might convict them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, mean, I, I don't think you're ever going to go, man, I just wasted airspace by going back to that person and mm-hmm. saying that I violated something. Mm-hmm. I'll kind of, yeah, that's really good. Uh, I'll kind of close with this story. And uh, so the way that I got into ministry in the first place was I was a college student and I'm kind of like uh, helping out with our, our church's worship band, right? And... I came home for the summer, and I come to find out that one worship team member ran off with another, left both their spouses and went and their kids, and went to pursue a life together because they discovered they were in love. Um, so <laughs> then they called in, you know, teenage Nathan to come and like, hey, would you just <laughs> leave this ministry in, in the fallout? And I was like, uh, sure. Um, but it it started so innocently. It was just like they enjoyed doing ministry together. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that it just, you know, staying a little bit late after a practice here and a little bit late after a practice there, you know, turns into a, a coffee to check in on. I, I mean, I'm just I'm playing out the scenario, but this, this is kind of the, the, the formula, how these things kind of work. And and someone shares something confidential. And pretty soon it's like, oh, man, I'm finally feeling the care that I haven't felt. Mm-hmm. And. It's it's the Lord, uh, it's the Lord's heart for that person to experience that kind of like care and compassion and concern, but it's not the Lord's heart for that to come outside of mm-hmm. uh, marriage. And so, sure enough, yeah, it, it led to that. And and the reality is that in a in a church our size, um, it's it's very likely it it would it would be a shock to me if there wasn't any of this kind of stuff creeping up in small ways already. Mm-hmm. Just because this is human nature, this is yeah. all of us. This mm-hmm. is yeah. none of us are exempt to this. So th- that we may be finding ourselves with like it's a it's a good moment to like take inventory of our own hearts and be like, okay, among all the people that I do ministry with, uh, who are those handful of people that I could be the most vulnerable, you know, uh, t- susceptible to something uh, happening, or that I need to be the most on on guard with, or is there is there someone that I've yeah I've just grown a little bit of an emotional bond with that is from the opposite gender and I need to repent of that I need to change, um, you know now is the time to do that mm-hmm. when when things are still small when it's easy because 
that boulder starts rolling down the mountain and pretty soon, you know, uh, there's a big boom. Yeah. I I think a safeguard to that too is like, if you are married, like tend to your own lawn, you know, like invest in your spouse, go on dates with your spouse, make that a priority. Cause like when we have our heart in the right place, I feel like we're less, I mean, like, like we talked about, we're all vulnerable, but we're going to be less tempted when our own relationship is strong and we're getting that emotional connection with our spouse. It's really good. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, all that to say, let me, let me wrap up with prayer and, and just, to just pray that, that God would protect us, um, and, and make us effective in ministry. So, uh, heavenly father, just thank you for this conversation today. Um, thank you for the fact that you really have made us in a way that we are, we're made to be in relationship with one another. You really did create male and female, to work together and and to to build your kingdom together. That's your heart, mm-hmm. um, and and we don't want to spoil that by just sort of uh, losing sight of of what you're really doing and and sort of get distracted by um, the relational bonds that maybe uh, pull at our hearts in in unhealthy ways. Um, and sometimes we realize it, and sometimes we really even don't. So, God, would you bring new awareness to our behavior and and to our our hearts? Uh, would you give us new ideas and inspiration of how we can incorporate better boundaries and healthier boundaries that, that don't create distance, really? They mm-hmm. actually create kind of a strength and, a, and to, to, um, to bring those relationships into what they're supposed to be, which is brother to sister, sister to brother, mm-hmm. uh, as you intended. And uh, Lord, we just, we know that the enemy loves to, uh, it's just, it's such a uh, he accomplishes so much all at once when he brings in this particular sin and wrecks families and, and distracts ministry and all these things. So we, we know it's just one of his favorite ways uh, to attack us. And so we, we do pray for your protection, Lord, and um, uh, just your, your defense against all that. Uh, we pray all it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on the Ford Dodge Leadership Podcast.